No success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. That's why Club Wealth was founded, to help driven, successful, and busy real estate agents like you double their business while building a strong, balanced home life. Join us each week as high-producing agents and team leaders share their stories and unpack the principles and systems they've used to double, triple, and even quadruple their business while enjoying greater quality of life. And now, here's the latest episode of Club Wealth TV. Good morning, Facebook! It's Michael Ellickson with 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 Club Wealth. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Hey, we are talking today with Coach Sandy Stites, our Club Wealth Culture Coach, Sandy Stites, about creating wicked awesome culture on your team. Uh, and this is a huge, massive, important topic. Let me tell you something. It all comes down to team culture. Anybody that doesn't understand that is, is going to have way more turnover than they need to have. They're going to have way more challenges on their team than they need to have. You guys have to understand it is all entirely about team culture. That dictates everything else. Now, before we get into it, I want to share real quick uh, our sponsor, which is uh, Wise Hire, uh, who sponsors these shows. We really appreciate Wise Hire. They help us out with recruiting both for the agents as well as for the administrative team members. Uh, and if you haven't done so already, go check out clubwealth.com forward slash Wise Hire. That's W-I-Z-E-H-I-R-E. And uh, check them out. We love them. We uh, have a lot of our clients and coaches that use Wise Hire and have really good success with them. So that being said, Sandy Stites, you and your husband, David, and I say you and your husband, really, he's kind of tagging along. It's really you. Let's call it what it is. So you have built not just an amazing team. Obviously, you guys are wickedly successful. I know when we first met uh, and when you originally tricked David into doing that call, which, by the way, you should share with us. I can't wait to hear about that. That was freaking hilarious. Uh, but when that happened, uh, you guys at that point in time, your best year ever was, I think 225,000 in GCI or something like that. And the very first year you coached with club wealth, you guys bumped up to like over 800, I think 850 or something like that, uh, in gross commission income. And now you guys are well over $2 million in gross commission income. You're freaking crushing it. You've got a really solid team there. You've got great balance in your life. Talk to us about the importance of team culture and how we create it. Yeah, and, and, and it is a funny story when we first started with, uh, good morning, Sheree. Hey, good morning, Coach Sheree. What's up? Uh, when we first started with Club Wealth, um, if you guys haven't heard Michael tell the story or David tell the other side of the story, that I did have to like twist David's arm to go, get on a free strategy call with Michael Hellickson. Yeah, and, that's putting it mildly. Yeah. <laughs> David, uh, David was just, cold as ice he would just answer michael's questions in a very short you know one yep. word answers yep yes no yes we weren't coaching with club wealth yet but he gave us uh, um, tons of value so we decided to sign i'm up. really glad so, you did but yeah. <laughs> fast forward uh has it been three or four years I, three i think we're right around three years yeah three years uh we over. the our production we went from one, I think we have one agent. We have uh, David's younger sister, Rebecca, with us at the time. We didn't really know what we we're doing. We just, we just knew how to convert online leads. So we were teaching it to, to his sister and trying to do open houses and all that. So we have 17 agents right now. 
And we have we also we have a team side. We also have a brokerage side. We have about twelve brokerage side agents. We're just having fun and um, trying to create the best environment for our agents, either on the brokerage side or the team side, to thrive and to achieve their goals. Okay, so here's the thing, though. One of the things that's really key, so in creating culture, and or I should say, why we want to create wicked awesome culture, because a lot of people just think, oh, well, you know, it's really not that important. All I got to do is just build a team, and you know, if I have the team and I provide them with X, Y, and Z, then they'll show up, yada yada yada, and they'll and, and it'll be profitable. The reality is that's not true, right? Now, can you have an okay team? Can you, you know, at least be sort of profitable uh, w- without great culture? Maybe. But the reality is we really, really need to develop great culture on our teams. And when we create great culture on our teams, the magic happens, the synergy happens, the productivity goes up, the happiness goes up, uh, you know, it's the, the retention rates go up, you know, people are less likely to leave our team. And you're always going to have attrition. There's no stopping attrition. Uh, people leave for various reasons. But you can certainly reduce attrition. Uh, and people are a lot more productive when they're happy in their workplace. And so they're going to make more money, which means you're going to make more money. Everybody's happier. So the question I have for you is, what do you attribute this culture that you've created? What do you attribute it to primarily? And then I want to get in after you tell us about that. I want to get into specific daily activities that you guys do to help encourage great culture on your team. Well, I think uh, one of the things I really try to focus on is um, we we're trying to meet the agents where they're at mm-hmm. you know a lot of team leaders are high d's so you know you mentioned that a lot of people a lot of team leaders don't think culture is important because they, they give leads they give systems and everything will be fine so that's high d speaking um so we need to really get to know our agents really know what inspire them and what will uh, motivate mo- motivate them and uh, get to where they're at and talk to them as if we're, you know, friends or a mentor that's trying to achieve their goals. Well, and the reality is you are friends with your agents, aren't you? Yeah. Well, I'm more like a team mom. I'm like okay. a mom. Tell them to pick up their laundry, but then love them at the same time. Sure. No, I get that. I like how you put that, you know, tell them to pick up their laundry, but love on them at the same time. But, you know, but here's the reality. The reality is you actually do care about the people on your team. It's not just lip service. You really do care about them. And that shows. And and frankly, if people don't care about the team member, you know, they're members of the team and everybody says they care. Right. But if you don't really or if you're not genuinely concerned about the well-being of the individuals on your team, you got a problem from the get go. Right. Like that. And th- people can sniff that out. I think people can sniff out when you're not really invested in them. It's, you know, you're just doing this and this is how it should be done and, and all of that. Um, Sandy, I know that you like to, you know, you always, I, you know, of course we follow each other, but you've always got this great pot of something cooking. You know, that's my weakness that's there. Um, so we've got some tea- Tacos is your weakness. We know that. Food is my weakness, Helixon. <laughs> it's just food, okay? <laughs> I don't know how I'm the size I am because it's just food. But yes, taco is like kryptonite. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so go back to earlier on. I always like for people to just go back to earlier on, you know, because you and I both, we all started in Club Wealth around the same exact time. Um, and we've seen such a huge growth in our business. 
Um, but go back to that earlier on time period, because I know that for me, it took a while for me to understand what that culture needs to to look like and feel like and all of that. But it seems like you came in and you knew exactly, you know, from the beginning how to get some of this culture gel and everyone um, working. So back way, way back when, when you was just a little itty bitty little team there, Sandy, um, what was it that you said, okay, this is how I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do. Was it something that you heard? Was it something from your past experience? Um, what was it for you? So if you, uh, some of you attended uh, my class at last year's uh, listing agent, or was it, no, BSM. It was at BSM. BSM. Um, I talked about my former boss. Um, that was before real estate sales. I was working for a property management company. I was just fresh out of retail, didn't know anything, 20-something year old. I have good work ethics, I thought, but he was very strict. He had super high standards. When I say something, he'll say, you could say it five times better. And here's how. And I was like, man, this just, this, my boss is just really strict. But at the same time, he had almost 100% retention for amount, the crazy workload that he gave to all of the staff and the strictness that he was and the high standard. It's because he always came to the office with some kind of fresh baked goods that he some in some gourmet bakery in Carlsbad or Encinitas, because I used to live in San Diego. Um, or he would just take the staff to lunch. And um, so on one hand, he's like, hey, you need to do this better. On the other hand, he's like, hey, Sandy, you know, I, how, how's, how's, um, how's the household? You know, how's your life? How's this, that? If I mention something, even if he overheard it, he'll bring it up. And I'm like, whoa, you actually cared how I feel. So that really transitioned to when David and I started our own business and our own company, our own team. Um, I really just wanted the agent to feel like we're all in this together. Um, and I like food. So I, I'm a big believer in building the culture because it's your business. So you might as well build it around what you like and what you believe in. So I build it around food and I build around um, doing fun things and, you know, working hard and playing hard. So, Which, by the way, we established a moment ago that the ball was completely freaking dropped because <laughs> Sandy was supposed to make sure that as a condition of doing our Club Wealth TV today, she was supposed to make sure, and I told her this a little bit last minute, but that's no excuse. You could have overnighted it. So she was supposed to send to Club Wealth World headquarters a package with gluten-free, dairy-free, spice-free, wonderful tasting food, attention Michael Hellickson, so the team wouldn't think that it was for them. Uh, that did not happen. So I'm over here starving and can barely you know, function because I have no energy because of lack of this wonderful food that Sandy keeps talking about. I'm starting to wonder, is it real or is it just Facebook real? Just like Facebook this, real. Right. Like that's <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. And so, Sheree, I know when you say tacos, you mean tacos. I'm wondering if when Sandy says food, she really means Facebook food. Yeah, for sure. Well, in fact, I cook for the team. Um, so, well, my food is not gluten-free or fat-free. I, I cook like a southern lady. So, <laughs> um, well, I guess 
Now, hold on. A minute ago, you were telling me you cook like an Asian woman, so it's all spicy all the time. So it's the same, yeah. It's like same. Southern Asian is what Southern it is. Asian. It's called fusion, Michael. It's called fusion. fusion. That's fusion. right. It's, it's Asian Southern fusion. Let me ask this really quick. I want to ask this of the audience. Everybody do me a favor. I want you to type into your screen. Um, and Dave, Dave Woodson's like, oh, you'll live. No, Dave, I won't. No, I won't. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm seriously, I'm, 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 I'm hurt by this. That being said, everybody that's watching right now, I want you to type in your screen. What foods are good or bad? Like what, what are your favorite foods to bring to the office for your team? Or what are the favorite foods that as a team member you would like to see brought to the office? I I agree with you, Sandy. I think this is a big deal. I think food is like people socialize around food. Food brings people together and and it warms the heart. And I think when you break bread with somebody, magic happens. So I really want to know from all of you watching right now, what foods do you like to see or would you like to see incorporated into your team meetings? Your, you know, what would you like to see your broker or your team leader bringing in, lender, whatever, what foods are great for group activities? Uh, Sandy, keep going. Yeah, and uh, I was going to add to that. Because we build our culture around food, um, we, have a, we have a subculture that created on its own, and that's our gym accountability group, which David leads. Um, he goes, I, I don't even know. I'm still asleep, but uh, he goes to the gym with the um, um, – other agents and uh, someone on our team at 5 a.m. or something crazy like that. Uh, he wakes up at 4.30, he's at the gym, and by the time I wake up, he's home. So we, we actually have a lot of um, fitness um, agents on our team because they have to keep up with the food that they are forced to eat in the office. Michael, that would never work out for you. Just, just <laughs> no, because I can only eat like four ounces at a time now that I've only got a thirty percent stomach that I used to have. But yeah, I love these suggestions that are coming. Keep them coming, you guys. Yeah, it made me crack up as soon as I saw the wings and then the chicken and dumplings. I'm like, of course, Stites would say that. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm like, I agree with Dave on the chicken, the pizza, and the wings. But dude. I mean, who doesn't love chicken and dumplings? The problem is, is like, who, and I say problem, I don't, I don't know anybody besides probably Sandy that's ever really done chicken and dumplings for a team activity, but what a great idea. I mean, that's comfort food right there. People love comfort food. Oh yeah. Just put in the slow cooker. You can just pop it in and go to work. And then when it's lunchtime, your team will love you. Oh my gosh. Freaking love it. So talk, let's let's talk about a couple of other things. So besides the breaking of the bread with the team, the mm-hmm. going to the gym with the team. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Um, what else are you guys doing? Especially since now that you've got you know you've got your team agents and your brokerage agents. How are you? How are you merging the two together? Well, one thing that um, some feedbacks when we were hiring agents is that uh, some of them are from previous teams, and one of their biggest complaints was. Um, they never saw their teammates. They never knew who they are. They don't really interact together. So we really made a point to um, to bring the team together physically. I know real estate agents, they like to have their own schedule and come and go as they please. But we we really brought the team together. Um, we invite the brokerage agent to, to come to the office. We bribe them with food. And, um, you know, we have 7 a.m. daily huddle from Monday to Friday, unless we're on a, on, at, you know, at a conference like BSM or listing agent bootcamp, then one of our eight, uh, lead agents run the calls. 
So we have the huddles. We have Wednesday call nights. Every Wednesday we have a call night. And every Friday we have an office meeting. That's where we'll either bring a partner um, to bring in food or I'll cook. And, you know, we roll the dice for every, Shiri, you appreciate that. We roll the dice for um, each agent gets to roll dice once if they open an escrow the month prior. And they get cash, a stack of cash, like ones, fives, tens, twenties. So it's just fun. It's lunch money. Well, yeah, it's it's lunch money, but it's funny because we did the same thing and we we're doing it for closings for the month prior. And so I feel it since it's closings, I fill it with a couple of extra bigger bills uh, yeah. since it's closings. And we've got we've got a last month, and especially it was, it's with the Vegas baby. Things going on. <laughs> so um, last month we had someone who rolled the dice, and I, I'm not kidding. He took us. He, you know, counted off his stack of stack of money, and it was spent. Just he's like, "Look what I just got." I'm like, "Oh, you spent it already?" He's like, "Yes," and it's the exact <laughs> amount that I needed. I'm like, "Well, how's that for a couple hundred dollars on a on a Monday morning? Not bad, huh? Not too shabby." <laughs> and it's 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 silly for us, but it's it's. It just spiced up the office life. And, and I see my husband, David Stice, here is wanting me to, I forgot to mention. Every, <laughs> I was, I was going to mention David too, but I kind of, you know, I don't know. I thought maybe, you know, we'd just like ignore him. And no, I'm just kidding. He's like typing really fast. He's like, know, he's like what about David time? Yeah. David time. We do have uh, David time. We call it David time. Sandy's uh, husband. Sandy's husband. Sandy's <laughs> husband holds, uh, uh, training slash coaching on different subjects every day from Monday to Thursday from 11, sometimes 11 to 1130 or 11 to 12. So our team has a lot of our team in office. They have a lot of opportunities to get together and we also ask them to share their wins, their struggles, but how they overcome it. Uh, we, we always try to stay on the positive side. It's, it's okay to vent but we always want to end the venting with, hey, how I overcame this or how I should have, you know, overcame this. So David, okay, for the rest of the for the rest of this time, we're just gonna act as if Mr. Sandy is not there. I love the Mr. Sandy, right? Yeah. Like he's no longer David Stites, he's Sandy's husband. That's how it works. That's it. So that being said, I want to go over the schedule really quick to make sure I've got this right. So I'm getting ready to post this in here, but it says You've got 7 a.m. huddle, and that's every day, Monday through Friday. Then you've got Monday through Thursday at 11 o'clock, you've got David time, which contrary to the way it may sound off top of the off, off the tongue there, it's not a punishment. It's actually a benefit, right? You actually, <laughs> not like you're going to the principal's office. You, you literally get to sit down and you get to ask David questions, and, and a lot of team members participate in that. I'm curious how many team members participate in that, but you can answer that in a second. Um, then, so that's, that's a training, however, that happens Monday through Thursday at 11. Then you've got Wednesday night call night with food. Do you also do prizes at call night? We want to get better at that. Okay. So that's coming. And then Friday office meeting with food and prizes. Yes. And is there food at David time? <laughs> no. No food at David time. No food during the huddle. So food is for closers. Is that what I'm hearing? Like, <laughs> Cupcakes are for closers at Stites office. Is that kind of how that works? Yep, yep. Okay, all right. That's what I wanted to know. All right, so the schedule, and, and is there anything else you're doing on a regular basis to ensure the development of that team culture? 
you know, um, we we just started putting back more emphasis on it. Um, we wanted to, and Sheree and I talked about this. Uh, we'll talk to me and Mr. Sandy about this um, a few weeks back. Is that we celebrate their wins? Yes. Yeah. Um, celebrate, and and that's not just escrows, not just escrows opening or closing or a new listing. Um, if a team member goes out their way to help another team member with no, you know, no benefit to that team member then we, we want to celebrate that. So I sent a group text to the, to the team and I said, hey, the week prior, has anyone that's gone out their way to help you? Can you just, can you text me? Because I want to recognize them for it. And I give out little prizes. Like last week I gave out um, that book, Fanatical Prospecting. I have a hard copy and I gave it to the agent because he went out his way to help another agent and he wasn't his mentor or anything. So we want to encourage that kind of culture. Yeah, I mean, you have to because let's just face it, this world of real estate is just going to beat you up, you know, and um, it gets tough. It gets tough. So one of the things that I learned from um, from Helixon, which I call him by his last name. Look, he's like, you learned something from me. Oh, I know. I'm like, I'm like, man, that's almost like my wife saying she learned something from me. I'm like, no way. Like, I, <laughs> a big this is being recorded. So I was just going to say, let me make sure the record button's on yeah. here. I gotta... <laughs> just be glad this is recorded. Is that when everyone comes together or whenever we have any interactions with our agents, I want it to feel like Disney World. I want it to feel like it's the happiest place on earth, whether or not, and it could be that the agent is wrong. Sometimes we just need people to bring us back down. Sometimes we need help with overcoming something. You know, it's it's so many different things because this real estate world is just crazy. We get crazy agent on the other side who's, we get crazy agent, I won't even elaborate on that part, but we get crazy agent on the other side so many times or clients who are a little you know, that we all need to make sure that this is our safe place. Because one thing that I remembered is that I like to work and I want to make sure that when I go to work, it's like, oh, this feels good. Not, I got to go into the office again. Oh God, I got to come to this meeting. You know, I hate to say it, but what I've learned is that a lot of, uh, a lot of, we have a team that has a lot of millennials on there. And despite what everybody thinks, I like having millennials. Um, so yeah, you too. So we have a team with a lot of millennials and they like food. Like I forget that I've got teenagers that are, you know, that are right at that cutoff of that age group for them. And I'm going, oh yeah, they do like to eat. As long as there's food there, they show up. And I almost forgot what it's like for me to be 20 and 25 and 30 years old. And how it's like, oh, free food. Yes. I'm going to be there. So I can feed you and I can teach you at the same time. Now you're just, you're going to grow even more. Mm-hmm. Well, Shree, think about this. I mean, what, you're, what we're doing is we're stealing a play from the Amazon and Microsoft playbook, right? I mean, you want to talk about two companies that have just blown up and that have an awful lot of young people working for them. It's Amazon and Microsoft. And what do they do? Dude, they create an environment where nobody wants to leave the office. Now I'm looking at Sandy. Sandy, are you at the office right now? Is that the office kitchen? 
No, I'm at home because uh, okay. Mr. Sandy has a few coaching calls this morning. He usually is louder than me, so I just want to have usually. a quiet place. Some peace. <laughs> but that said, the reason I bring that up is because you, your kitchen in the office is also beautiful, just like the kitchen yeah. I see in the background there or the, whatever you've got in your background. Um, and Tara, you make a very good point. Tara, uh, my wife, Tara, is, is commenting that Tara, food is the way to our heart. Yes, I get it. I completely agree. And so, what, but what you, what Sandy, what you've also done is you've created this environment where people don't want to leave. The office, your office feels like home. It feels like a place people want to hang out. Your kitchen is a part of the office. It's a place where people want to hang and chill and talk to each other and, 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 uh, and really communicate with one another. And so this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. So it's not just about the activities that we do. It's about the environment that we create. Uh, and I give you an example, like back in the day when I was, uh, when I had my real estate sales side in full swing, we had, I had a 15 person call center, right? So there were 15 stand up cubicles uh, where agents would stand and they would all be in the room together and there's always food in there uh, and they would be prospecting and this thing was dialed in so that, you know, they had the, the, the desk was at stand up height. They had a mirror, they had their scripts, they had their computer, they had their phone, they had everything they needed to be very successful. And it put them in a common area where that was comfortable to hang out. There were also beanbag chairs or comfy spots to sit, that sort of thing. Um, in fact, in our new office, oh my gosh, you want to talk about designing the office for culture. Uh, you know, I, I would first, I'd cite your office. I would cite Brandon Landro and Jennifer Landro's office. They've done a phenomenal job of that. Uh, at our new office, we're literally, we're, we're, we're having a set up. So you hit a button every time you set an appointment, bells go off, lights flash. Oh like it's like, like music. It's like the disco ball. Oh, Dude, I'm serious. Literally, we are literally if putting it I have not been to the Club Wealth headquarters, there is... And I didn't think you were really doing this. There is clearly oh, a disco ball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's Saturday Night Fever that drops Dude. down. Yes. <laughs> think Fortnite meets real estate, right? Like oh, it's kill people and dance over their bodies. But anyway, that's a whole other story. But that being said, what's really cool is it's, it's creating this environment. The idea is creating an environment where excitement can happen. People can celebrate together and have fun together. We're even putting Xboxes. So we've got these screens all over the, the office. And the screens are obviously for when we do educational stuff. And we've got screens where the guys or the folks on the, on the sales team when they're when they're working, they can see the screens. They can see who's doing better than the other person, who's got the most appointments, all that kind of stuff. So it's real time, right? But now, at at the end of the day, when these guys want to un unwind and relax, guess what? We got whatever they want: food, beverages. We got Xbox. They can play Xbox. They can sit and watch TV together. Whatever they want to do, it's there. It's like having a home away from home, uh, and that's by design. Uh, so, what do you, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on? creating that environment in the physical environment for success in the office and for, for that culture to really take root. Yeah. Um, I really like that disco ball idea. <laughs> you know, I've seen, we used to have originally we had one of those bells, like at the front desk, you know, where you know you hit the little bell. Then we went to a bigger bell, like a ship bell. And then I've seen some agents, some team leaders uh, bring in big gongs. So people literally go up and they take the gong mallet and they hit the gong with the mallet. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm I'm about to go on uh, LoopNet and look for more office space. So I got to do something like that. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm telling you, man, the gong is my favorite. I think that one's pretty cool. But yeah, because it, it's kind of a lot to you know, like with us, when someone hits their their button, 
it lights up lights around their workstation so everybody can see which person it was that got the appointment. But then it also turns the lights and music on for everybody to see. So, and it's disruptive by nature. Like we want it to be disruptive. So, so we have a question. Um, Deb is asking tips for virtual office. Um, and I don't know if you guys want to answer that. I used to have um, all of us used to be virtual. And it's, it is hard to create that. And since we're all, we've all moved into where we can all be in the same um, space because we were virtual for almost three years. So until we were able to kind of move all into the same space, um, it was hard to get that culture. But so we would always meet for breakfast or, you know, we do things for lunch or we do things in the, in the evenings and we go to dinners together and we do those types of things. Um, but so those are the little tips I can give you Deb for if you have someone or if, I mean, I'm sorry, if you are in a virtual type of, um, set up with your team or your uh, or your brokerage to help with that energy. Um, we use GroupMe so that we're always congratulating each other and doing all of that because we are still spread out a little bit in Atlanta, but we we force each other to all come together at a certain time period um, for these types of things. And now I'm noticing that more and more people are starting to come into the office to make phone calls to to do all of that, you know, where our call nights are and our meetings are and our accountability groups are and all of that, more and more people are starting to shift into the office because it's Walt Disney in that place, baby. It better be Walt Disney in that place. <laughs> okay. So that's what's, that's what's starting to happen now. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you, Sandy, have any tips for someone who has a virtual office, but um, some of the things that we did, you know, we can celebrate the wins via GroupMe. We can all come together and still break bread together. Um, we invite the family and the kids and, and all of that, but it, it does shift once we're all in the same space. Yeah, and um, we, Dave and I have always had like a physical office, so we, we thrive on that. But uh, David and I went to visit uh, Coach Mike and Long in Minnesota, or Minnesota. I don't, I don't know. Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, and we, we sat in in one of their, um, I think it was like a Monday staff meeting. And they have staff from, you know, they're overseas and they're far away. And they all came in on the Zoom call. And uh, they talked about something that they do that, that was very intriguing to me to kind of try to carry the culture is that they have contests like selfie Wednesday. So you have to take a selfie of yourself and post it in the Facebook group. And I think Facebook, that Facebook group is where you can use that to carry on that culture, to do fun little contests, you know, something that's like sometimes not even work related. Yes. And, and that, you know, that'll help you tighten the culture and still have fun and be productive. So we've got nine ISAs, uh, and by the way, I'm putting a shout out in here to coaches Mike and Long for using their uh, virtual uh, culture systems. I'll tell you this: uh, we've got nine ISAs that are essentially abroad, you know out there, not overseas, but they're in other parts of the country. And I'll tell you, the best thing to to, to Shri and Sandy's point. The best thing is face-to-face, -face, right? Flesh-to-flesh, -flesh, right? I want to be able to give them a high five. I want to be able to give them a hug. I want to tell them I love them face-to-face. -face. I want them to be able to look me in the eye. Now, the second best thing, if I, if I just, like, we've got an expansion team in Chicago. Guess what? I can't get face-to-face -face with them as often as I would like. So the, the next best thing 
is getting face to face on video, right? So it's literally, but there's, there's no substitute for it. I got to be able to see them. They got to be able to see me because guess what? We get to know each other at a different level that way. It's funny. I had a coaching call with Misty Bruton here recently. Um, and you know, we were on the phone together and it was great being on the phone together. But as soon as we got on video, I noticed a shift in the energy level of that call. It literally instantly shifted the energy level and we felt more connected and it was just a better call because of it. So I've really been working hard to do all of my coaching calls via video as well. Again, you guys, culture is everything. Um, And culture happens when we feel connected with one another, right? So we did, um, we used to do all of our meetings and we still do our meetings via Zoom also. And the pushback that we would get is mainly just from women because guys, guys wake up the way that they look, as long as their hair is cut, you know, it doesn't matter with them. Um, But so the pushback used to be from some of our ladies. um, And I would just tell them, nope, turn your camera on. It doesn't matter. You know, and so speaking of for some of the coaching calls, I've had, I think, um, Dan Balzer um, in Minnesota, uh, who I do coaching calls with. And I want to tell you that sometimes I have a ponytail like hanging off the side of my head uh, when we're in, when we're on video. <laughs> but it does. It's it's very different when you're able to see each other and talk to each other. And the same thing for your team. So if you guys are virtual, then jump on a Zoom. I know that I'm in Vegas. of, well, not 80, like 70%, give me a 10 more percent of the time um, and doing real estate in Vegas. And we have a lot that's going on in Atlanta. So if I'm not there, I'm there via Zoom all the time. If I've got questions with the agents, then I'll, and I know that I'm far away or we're at a conference or anything like that, then I'll tell them, hey, can we jump on Zoom real quick? And we'll jump on Zoom. Um, and they know because this is how I've been for the past three years. I don't care what you look like. Just jump on. You know, so I've got agents sitting there curling the hair. Like I'm getting ready for a showing appointment, but I'm still talking to you and it's okay. So you can't, um, one thing I will say is that in part of creating that culture, when I used to want them to look like they're all in place, my attendance was lower or they weren't on video. When I told them, come as you are, you know, however it is, just come as you are, I don't care, come as you are, then they started to show up. It created a different type of culture. It created a different type of synergy and and all of that. Um, But now, Shri, I got to ask you though, because you also made it a requirement, right? I mean, it's not, for you, it's not, yeah, if you can be on video, that'd be great. It's look, we're all on video. Yeah. That's how we roll on this team. If you're on the team, you're on video. Yep, you got to turn your camera on. Yep. I think my team is uh, is getting nervous listening to this part. <laughs> <laughs> well, but Michael, here's the thing. We, we know each other and we're creating, like to be on our team, it, it must be judgment-free. It has yep. to be judgment-free. So no matter what we look like, you cannot judge that person based upon that because we all have some sort of superpower. So it, it must be judgment free. So once they understand that and they, you know, once they get what that culture is for us and that's okay. Now we can't have a guest on and you're sitting there curling your hair. Like, no, let's be a little bit respectful. But if it's just us and we are creating this culture, which is more like a family, then how many times has your family seen you with no makeup and with a ponytail on your hair or, you know, getting yourself ready to go out and, or while you're doing your makeup several times? Okay, hold on now. I don't want you to move past this because I think you're on to something very important here. 
I think that vulnerability with one another is really important for culture. Because, you know, here's the thing. Otherwise, until we're really, truly vulnerable with one another, there's a lot of walls built up. And you guys, you saw this at Listing Agent Bootcamp, right? Where people were vulnerable with each other. And, and, and like there was a noticeable, palatable feeling in the air of I'm with family and I'm in a safe place and I can trust the people that are here because they're not going to, they're not going to give me a hard time. They're not going to be, you know, mean to me. They're not, they're going to, they're going to love on me. They're going to help me as best they can. They're going to hold me accountable. They're going to expect big things out of me, but they're not going to be rude or, or talk down to me when I don't hit my mark. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And yep. I just think that vulnerability, that's something I can say about both your teams that I've noticed because I've had conversations with people on both your teams oftentimes. And I can tell you that that's the message I get from the people on your teams and the vibe that I get from both of your teams. And let's call it what it is. You guys run two of the best teams in the real estate industry. And when by best, I mean not only biggest and most profitable, but I also mean teams that people really want to be on. And that's really what we're talking about, right? We're really talking about if I develop the right culture on my team, people will want to be here. And instead of chasing recruits, I'll attract recruits, right? People will just want to be here. But to accomplish that, not only do the team members have to be vulnerable, I really believe it starts with the team leaders being vulnerable. And if I could say one thing, you guys are very good about being vulnerable and being authentic. And it was, you know, people call it authentic. I think it's more than authentic. I, I think authenticity is one thing, but being vulnerable is a whole nother level. And, and to the extent that you can be vulnerable with your team, I feel like your team will be vulnerable with you. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, definitely. And, and Dave and I really try to um, come from the, the point of view that we take extreme ownership. Mm-hmm. So um, we, try, we try not to pass off, you know, judgments and, really understand from the agent's point of view. And we have to be vulnerable and say, hey, this is not working as well as we thought it should be. So it's my fault. So let's work on this together. So the agents don't think that if something goes wrong, you're just going to go to them and say, hey, this is your fault. And why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? I think it's more than that. I think it's just the integrity of you. And that's why that's why I like being around people with such high integrity, really smart people with really high integrity. Because for me, if it's got any part of my DNA in it, then it's my fault. That's how I look at it. So even if you might have dropped the ball, if I didn't give you all the tools that you needed in order to be successful for that, then that is my bad. That's my fault. We, and we don't have to keep going over it. Whenever someone makes a mistake, we all make mistakes. Let's just address what the mistake was. Yep, we figured it out. Boom, let's never talk about it again. Like, that's me. And Michael knows that's me. I'm like, I don't want to ever talk about it again. Let's move on. You know, we addressed it. Done. Like, I'm done with it. Let's move. Because we've got so much to do. And I want, so with my team, I mean, you talk about vulnerability with the team. When I sit down with someone and I'm like, I want to help you. It is exactly what Sandy is saying. And this is what I've noticed that they've done too, is that we've got to meet them where they are. We have to not feel, I don't have this uh, feeling of, and this is what I really love about you and and, um, Mr. Sandy. Yes. (laughs) That's all he's getting. Uh, You and Mr. Sandy. (laughs) Wait till we have Jenny and Brandon. (laughs) No, 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 no. Not not Jenny and Brandon. Jenny. Just Jenny. <laughs> Just Jenny. Just Jenny. Yeah, Landro will love that. Um, so, oh, that's awesome. um, 
but it's that we don't believe that we are so much smarter than everyone. Mm-mm. You know, we don't. And we understand that everybody brings something to the table. So while we want to create this thriving culture and we want this great energy and we want all of that, we also know that you bring a lot to it also. You know, and it doesn't matter who that is. So um, biggest pieces for a lot of people out there is to, to re- take away the judgment. You know, if you want to, a, a big cancer killer in a team and in a brokerage is having these judgment zones and which creates like that messy, petty, whatever you want to call it type of drama-ish stuff that nobody has time for because we're here to make a ton of money. Um, so uh, I don't have time for it, basically. Um, but yeah, so I think that's a that's a big thing. And I'm always vulnerable with people. I tell them exactly what's going on. We all have stories. We all got them. We've all screwed stuff up in some of us in bigger ways than others. And I'll tell you what, I truly believe some of the best team leaders are the ones that have been the biggest F-ups, right? The ones that have screwed the stuff up the most. Look at all the mistakes I've made. Holy crap. Like, seriously, like I lost four and a half million dollars in one day. Like, beat that, right? Seriously. That's <laughs> on that one. I mean, but truly, right? Like, like we've all screwed stuff up. I mean, we just, we do. And it, for various reasons. And when we're open about it and we're honest about it, here's the worst thing. Oh, dude, this is the best thing. I love it when a president gets on, on, on CNN or on TV and says, you know, I did not have sex with that one. Come on. We all know you did. Come on. Like, just <laughs> own it, right? When you screw up, just freaking own it. Nobody's going to hate you for screwing up because they're human too. But they're going to be a little bit literal. And when you're using the Clinton and you're using the screwing up word uh, term <laughs> in there, so you're getting a little bit literal with it. But one I'm an effective president. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying Bill. Okay. All I'm saying is when you screw up, freaking own it. And usually, here's the thing the reality is most of the time when we screw up in our lives, whether, and whether it's you know something big like infidelity or something like that, or whether it's something small like we forgot to send an email out. Nine times out of 10, the screw up is not a person issue. It's almost always a systems issue. And when we figure out, and I, we had one today on our team, had something that, you know, at, at Listing Agent Bootcamp, like nobody would have noticed it. None of the clients noticed it. Um, but we had a thing go happen at Listing Agent Bootcamp that wasn't the way we initially planned it. You know, not the end of the world, but we are very, like, we have things planned out for a reason, right? So we wanted to make sure we made sure that didn't happen next time. So the person whose quote unquote mistake was, we don't care. Like we all make mistakes. And I don't, I don't, I don't give a rip whose mistake it was. What I want to figure out is how do we just make sure it doesn't happen again? Like big deal. Right. So here's the thing. So let's, we're we're talking about it from the, you know, the broker or from the team leader side, let's just switch it around a little bit because we have a lot of listing agents and buyers agents that, that um, listen on in on this and individual agents within the brokerages, you know, that um, have to not be afraid to bring, to talk to your uh, team leader or whoever it is that you have that's there. Um, and to understand that if you make a mistake, don't cover it up. Understand that they might make some mistakes and things of that nature. But um, if you guys can build a solid relationship, then both of you, the same way as well, they're there and they're investing in you every single month. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I've written a whole lot of checks out. Mistakes, <laughs> right? Yes. And that mistakes. happens, and that's okay. And it's okay. I mean, you and I have been on the on the on the call before with a huge 
Yes. Car payments by the car style mistake uh, or from someone that was on the team. And, but, you know, it's like, look, we're going to figure this out. We're going to get through this. That person was able to own up to what their mistake was. You know, that's the biggest thing. They were able to own up to what their mistake was. And that happened, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago. And we were still rocking, you know, after that. So it happens because we all got red blood running through our veins. Like we're all human. No one's perfect. So um, share these things or whatever your struggles are. Don't be afraid to talk to your team leader, your your broker, whoever that is, your mentor, don't be afraid to go and share those things because what more than likely what happens is that they will tell you, oh yeah, I did that before too. And this is how I fixed it. And, yep. and I think even before you make a mistake, you know, if you are taking the leads and you're not seeing results and you're taking sign calls, you're not seeing results and you're struggling with this, you're showing a lot, but you're you know, your escrow account is not reflecting what your showing schedule has been, then, you know, bring it to your team leader. They are there to facilitate the best environment for you to succeed. So if you go to them and say, hey, hey, man, I, I'm not really getting results or traction with this and I'm trying this. What do you think? And brainstorm and get feedback. Trust me, your team leaders will be like, oh, my God, thank you so much for bringing to me. And maybe we need to do a training on this. And let's dive deeper one-on-one on this. And let me help you. So I think- Because a lot of times, it's one little small tweak, Sandy, isn't it? It's like, when it comes, it's one little little small tweak. And because we've been down that road so many times, once we are able to know what's really going on, not what you're just showing us. So once you're able to be vulnerable, and we're able to know what's really going on, we can then say, this is the fix. Right. And boom, there it happens. Which, by the way, is one of the reasons why we track numbers as carefully as we do, right? Because oftentimes numbers will indicate where the actual problem is. As an example, if somebody's making a ton of phone calls, they're doing a ton of follow-up calls, they're, you know, they're contacting a lot of people, but they're, maybe they're not getting very many appointments. Well, that's probably a scripting issue on the phone. Or maybe they're setting a lot of appointments, but they're not getting a lot of people on buyer agency agreements or getting them signed on contracts. Well, okay, that's probably a conversion issue, right? But now at least we know where we need to help and where we can you know, give that person feedback and ideas that, that can help them grow on the part that they need. So you guys, this is great stuff. And by the way, we're down to about nine minutes left here. So before we wrap up, there's, we're, we're going to go to final thoughts here in just a second from each of you. But I really want to make sure everybody on this call is understanding the importance of culture. You guys, culture is everything. Write this down. Eagles don't flock with turkeys, right? Eagles don't flock with turkeys. If you want eagles on your team, stop allowing turkeys on your team. If you have a cancer on your team, and this is something we haven't talked about yet, but we need to. If you've got a cancer on your team, the time to cut that cancer out is right now. Not tomorrow, not a month from now. And you know who it is. The people watching this call right now, and I'll bet right now I can see Sandy and Sheree are thinking, hmm, I know that, I got that person, I probably should fire him. I just, because here's the thing, as team leaders, we owe it to the other members of our team to cut out that cancer. Because if we don't, we're doing the rest of the team members a disservice. And you guys, we can love the person who's the cancer. That it doesn't mean we don't love the person. It doesn't mean we don't care about them. It doesn't mean that, that we don't want the best for them. What it means is simply, you can't be on the team. 
That's all it means, right? I've had situations in my life with Club Wealth as well as with our, um, I love it. David's like, Sandy's a dragon, not an eagle. I love it. Uh, dude, and that's a fire-breathing dragon, David. And by the way, I don't know if you've read this. In the Apocrypha, it actually says it's better to lie with a dragon or to sleep with a dragon than to lie with an angry woman. Just saying. That's in the Apocrypha. That's part of the Bible that you don't see much. Anyway, that being said, <laughs> it's like an ancient, anyway, it's a whole other thing. I don't want to get into that. But my point is this. If you have a counselor on your team, you guys, you have to cut it out. You can still love the person. We've had to do this and it's painful. It is not easy. It's disruptive to the team. And it, I'm telling you, it is really hard for the organization as a whole. You look at Club Off, we've got over 60 coaches. We've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients. And you start thinking about what happens when we have a culture, when we have a cancer in, in Club Off. When one person is a cancer in Club Off, it creates a ripple throughout the entire company. So what do we do? We have to cut it out. It's the same thing on your teams, you guys. Be unafraid to cut cancer out. And, you know, you got a lot of people who are afraid to do that because of their production. Because a lot of times the person who's the problem is the person who's probably the lead, the head producer or their clients love them or something of that nature. Um, and what happens is that once you cut it off, the ceiling opens up. Mm. And that's well, what happens. You cut it off. You, you know, you, you get your, you grow up a couple of kahunas and you cut it off. And then the ceiling just opens up and it explodes from there. And um, it's, it's easier for people to say that than it is for people, you know, and to hear it than it is for people to do it. But every last one of us have had to do this. And every last one of us has had to cut someone who was that person that was a great producer or that person that was a, um, you know, that their clients really love them and we always got good feedback, but they were just cancer on the team. And sometimes they don't, to them, they're not cancer. They're just speaking the truth or they're just whatever it is. That's them. That's in their world. That's what they believe. Yeah. But they don't see it from the other side. They don't see how much other people really don't want to work with them. They're just afraid to tell them that. Dude, Sheree, I got to say, you just freaking nailed it because I don't think most people are deliberately cancerous to your organization. Mm -hmm. I don't I think, think so. For the most part, they're actually oftentimes trying to help. And you can try, and you should in the beginning, you should make efforts to help them be a productive part of the team and a positive part of the team. That being said, some people just will never connect the dots. There are some people that as hard as you try and as much as they think that they're trying, at the end of the day, it's some people just cannot be on your team and you have to be okay with that and again you still love them right and you still and even after they're not on your team anymore you still show forth afterwards an increase of love make sure they understand that you care about them you want them to be successful but for all the for for for, for all that's good and decent in this world do not let them remain on your team um and by the way uh could you guys do me a favor before we wrap up here a couple of things one type into your screen right now i want to know have you ever had to release a cancer from your team say Yes, cancer or no cancer or something. Just, I just want to know, have you ever had to release a cancer from your team? I want to see how many people have ever had to do that. Uh, I have a feeling it's quite a few. Michael, uh, I think they need to go a little bit deeper than that. And, and, then, and then for those that say yes, they have done that, then tell us how hard that was. Because yes. Get a little bit vulnerable with that. How hard was that? Because yeah. there's so many people that are, that are listening that they've, they're, they're probably sitting with that right now. And sometimes you're lucky and they leave on their own. Sometimes yeah. you get lucky. And most of the time they'll leave and they want to burn the place down and they want to take a bunch of people with them and 
and all of that jazz will happen, which then makes you say, why did it take me so long to do this? But go ahead. Well, no, yeah, because not only that, Shree, to your point, when they do, when they leave and they blow the place up on their way out the door, a couple things happen. One, you start to realize, wow, I really was right about that person. Two, you also find out when they take some people with them, you find out, wow, that was a malignant cancer, man. I didn't realize how far that cancer had spread. And the fact that it's now gone, they took all that negativity with them. I'm telling you, that happened in Club Wealth recently. And when, when that went, all of a sudden now we had, all, we, we had several people go at, at one time. And I got to tell you, it was like a burden was lifted. It was like there was an elephant on my chest that was no longer on my chest. And the culture took off. I mean, it just got exponentially better. All, and, and I, I don't want I would love to say it was instant, but it took about six months. It literally took about six months for from the time we ripped that bandaid off till the time it really got better and, and people really started to gel and the real club wealth came out, right? Well, but then you're, you're talking about the breakthrough that happened. So yeah. it's, you got this, you got this when that takes place. And then we've got to figure out, you know, this, we know what we want this culture to look and feel and breathe and, and everything and to get back to, and, you know, that was being sucked out of us. So it takes a minute for it to all come back together. But then when it comes back together, then boom, the breakthrough happens. And oh, that's yeah. what happens on a team. You know, sometimes it doesn't take that long. Sometimes it's only a month two months, something like that. I think normally for a team, it's probably like a, a 90 it's day. It's faster on a team because you're close yeah, together and you're faster. Yeah, yes. it's much faster. And then the breakthrough happens. And then, the, so I look at it as the universe opens up and then everything starts to pour on down on you. And that's how I look at it because I, I can't look at it. I don't want to look at it in a, any type of negative fashion. And I totally agree. And I feel like it, the heaven does open up to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you. You have to make room, get rid of cancer, make room for better agents. You don't think that better agents are out there because the cancer, like Michael said, probably is a high producer, but there are better agents out there. They'll come in and they'll help you build your culture. They'll help you. Uh, you can build them up to be as productive or more. Well, and that's the thing is when, when you get rid of that, that cancer, all of a sudden it gives permission to the other people on the team to shine, right? Yep. So now all of a sudden you have people that maybe we're doing a deal a month. And when you get rid of that cancer, all of a sudden they become more engaged in the team. They're, they're, they're emotionally more engaged in not, not just the team, but their business as a whole. And all of a sudden they go from a deal a month to two deals a month or three or, or more even. Um, but, but they felt repressed when that person was there. And, and even if it's subconscious, at some level, there was some repression happening because of that person. You guys, this is huge. And we are out of time. I, I, we could talk about this all day. And I'm so loving this conversation. Um, so here's what I want you, everybody watching right now, while we do our final, each person's going to get their 30 second final uh, thing that they want to get out. Uh, before we do that, or while we're doing that, everybody on your screen, I want you to type in one more time. I want you to type in what one thing would you say, and it doesn't matter whether it's food, whether it's, you know, activities, whether it's whatever, what one thing do you feel made the biggest difference in culture for your team brokerage or organization as a whole? Uh, just type that in your screen right now. What thing, what any, and it doesn't matter what it was, what one thing do you feel had the biggest positive impact on your team or culture or potentially negative impact? And while they're doing that, Sandy and, and Sheree, go ahead, tell us your final thoughts. Who wants to go first? Sheree, go for, Sheree, you go All first right. and then we'll go to Sandy. Okay. So um, I want to just hone in on that one thing. And for me, I know that it was uh, vulnerability and um, celebrating their small wins. 
So that was a big thing for me is that I looked at, I've got an autistic child. It's very big for us to celebrate his small wins for him to keep driving and keep going. So we started doing that on the team um, also. Um, and Sandy, I love what you guys have created um, on the team as far as the culture. I think that you and your husband are, uh, <laughs> are a very good mix in that you know, with that coaching and that training, but we love on you. I remember um, hearing Amanda Tom, Amanda Todd. Thomas and Todd. Thomas and Todd. Sorry, Amanda. Amanda Thomas and Todd talking about that and that whenever she has someone new, and this was like three years ago, she was saying that she figures out, she asked them, how do I love on you? And so that was something that we brought in earlier, um, way back when, as to how do I love on you so that I can speak your language. It's like the love languages of the team, um, the same way as you have the five love languages that are there. So I think you guys are doing an awesome job with that. And then I'll say for all the other brokers and team leaders, that's something that you should also look at incorporating. Yeah. And and we actually just started implement that. We came back from a mastermind and we, we had the entire team take the love, love language quiz and Surprisingly, a lot of the girls, most of the girls are words of affirmation or acts of service. And all the guys are physical touch, which is kind of creepy. I'll leave that to David. You mean <laughs> the creepy part? Are you saying you're going to leave the creepy part to David? Yeah, the physical touch. All the guys, the physical touch. Like, Andrew's oh. going to love this part. <laughs> that's, that's but um, one thing that I really wanted um, everyone to get out this call, and that's something that I realized on my own, is that I've... I've been seeing a lot of posts from team leaders and brokers on how to get their agents more productive. And at the end of the day, something that I realized personally is that we can't make anybody more productive. We have to find out what matters to them, what they want, what inspires them, and we have to help them bridge the gap. And we can only inspire them and you know help them magnify that emotion of really wanting that thing that more escrows will help them get um, for us, for David and I, because we, we also have an autistic uh, son. He's really cute. And uh, that, that's, that's our big goal is that we're going to work so hard. We're going to have all the resources behind him to be able to um, get him the treatments that he needs. And right. um, we, we need to figure out what matters to those agents. And, and as team leaders, we're, we, we'll lead them. We'll train them. But at the same time, I think our bigger position is we're here to facilitate the perfect, the best environment possible for them to choose to be productive or choose not to. Or choose not to. Yep. There you go. If they choose not to be long enough, maybe they're not suited to be on the team. And, and I hate to do this. We are out of time. We are actually four minutes over and I've got to get on the coach's call. But I will say this, Sandy, you just nailed it. I think you're right. I think that it's our job as team leaders, uh, as organizational leaders, to create the environment in which people can be successful and be a part of a wonderful, uplifting culture. I think that's entirely our job. And I think that when we do a great job on that, I firmly believe that the right people, the cream will rise to the crop, the right people will be attracted to our team to the extent that we continue to eliminate those cancers and encourage those people's, the positive behavior from the people that, that do belong on the team. Uh, I believe things kind of have a way of working themselves out. And in order to make that happen, a lot of times what we got to do is we just got to kind of take a step back and just let it work itself out. And don't always get too caught up in, oh, I got to solve every problem, right? Because sometimes 
us trying to solve the problem just makes it worse. So that being said, I cannot thank you two enough. Seriously, you guys are the culture queens of Club Wealth. We freaking love you guys and appreciate everything that you do. Uh, and I sincerely appreciate what your thoughts on family and about that you guys really do live, you know, the fact that no success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. So everybody, thank you for being on Club Wealth TV today uh, and participating. Please share this post uh, with anybody that you know that you feel could benefit. And uh, we'll see you next time on Club Wealth TV. Don't forget to reach out to WiseHire at clubwealth.com forward slash WiseHire. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. Bye.